Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. We're going to do something a little bit different this episode. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hammer Nutrition. If you're not using Hammer Nutrition for your endurance fueling, I would definitely check them out. You can use referral code 240887 to pick up some products. we got Toughest Mudder coming up and a lot of products I use from Hammer for that specific event. One, Perpetuum, Fat Carb Protein Blend, allows you to utilize every pathway to create energy, uh, which is why I really like that. And I can actually fuel just off that for the entire length of a 12-hour Toughest or even a 24-hour World's Toughest Mudder. Uh, they also have Endurolites Extreme, so pills for electrolytes, uh, anti-fatigue caps, supposed to help buffer lactic acid and uh, allow you to run for longer, and then obviously the gels, and then the other big one specifically for Toughest Mudder is the, well, actually two, there's REM caps, so it's a mel- melatonin, so I use that beforehand to help me sleep deeply during the day so I can show up to the Toughest Mudder event well-rested, and then recover right, recovery, drink mix, carbs and protein, uh, and the amino acid L-glutamine. All right, let's get to today's episode. So not going to lie, starting to bite off more than I can feasibly do in an average week. So as of now, we're still doing three episodes a month. I'm uh, going to try to sustain that for as long as possible, but might have to eventually drop down to two. So for this week's episode, what I'm actually going to do is release the very first two sections of my book, Ultra OCR Man. The full-length book is available on Audible. Uh, you can head over, and if you have Audible credits, you can just use a credit and pick that up. Or if you don't have Audible, you can actually buy the book via the Audible app off, off Amazon. But I thought people might enjoy hearing uh, the first two chapters. One of them, it's kind of like a teaser, and then the second part is kind of an introduction, kind of like what is Ultra OCR, and kind of an introduction to the sport, which I really had fun writing. Also wanted to share some news. Got a bunch of articles up on Mud Run Guide, including some reviews for some products including some socks and some other supplements, as well as talking about the Rugged Maniac VIP experience. If you head over to the Strength and Speed blog section of the website, there's a bunch of articles on there, including In Defense of Spartan World Championship, talking about some of the benefits and some of the perks of it actually going to Abu Dhabi in UAE. I know some people weren't a fan, but I think it's actually pretty cool. So kind of hear the other side of the coin on that opinion. Another article talking about OCR World Champions, and talking about how your opinion is biased. It's also a review of Indian Mud Run. Another one in discussion of OCR World Champions. How many OCR World Champions are there in a single year? Uh, you'd, I think you'd be a little bit surprised at the answer. The five reasons breakdancing is in the Olympics and OCR isn't is up on strength and speed. Then a couple of articles dealing with the athlete's mind. Kind of the mental mindset of being an athlete and some of the challenges that we face. Finally, there's a couple articles up there about martial arts and kind of taking some of the lessons learned I've gotten from endurance sports and applying them more towards martial arts. Additionally, we just ran the beta test at Tough Mudder, Indiana for Tough Mudder's Infinite Hero Honor Challenge. If you're not familiar with that, it's a new event put on by Tough Mudder on behind the scenes along with Johnny Little, another longtime Tough Mudder employee who's been with the company since 2014. He's also an endurance athlete himself, sub-930 Ironman, and he's racing Ludville here in about 10 days. But yeah, Tough Mudder Infinite Hero Honor Challenge. So essentially, you sign up, you do some fundraising for Infinite Hero Honor Foundation, and then you come to the event, which is at four different locations on Saturdays at Tough Mudder events. We got Tri-State on September 11th, Washington, D.C. on October 16th, Los Angeles on October 23rd, 
and Dallas on November 6th. So I would crudely describe it as a Tough Mudder's version of the hurricane heat, except that's about as close to saying that a Spartan and a Tough Mudder are the same thing, right? So the, this event is substantially different. I encourage you to head over to the Tough Mudder Infinite Hero Honor Challenge section of their website, and I have three articles on that landing page. One of them is what is Honor Challenge, one of them is who should sign up for this challenge, and one of them is what are the tasks in this challenge. So I would check out those three articles, you know, especially the what is Tough Mudder's Infinite Hero Honor Challenge, because that's got a lot of information in it. Kind of things that make it different from a hurricane heat. You know, you know, it's fun. Obviously, it's got the Tough Mudder branding in there. It's themed. So instead of just being like, do this task because I told you to, you know, there's got a storyline and you, you and your platoon are going through operating in a foreign country, doing tasks required for mission success before extraction. You know, three, as compared to some other events, because it's held on the same day as the Tough Mudder, there's actual obstacles. So you actually redo some of the obstacles on the Tough Mudder course, but with unique challenges, right? You may be doing them in reverse or blindfold or tied together or have some sort of, you know, self-imposed disability that we give to you uh, to make it a little more challenging and require you to use good teamwork. It's also for a good cause, right? So part of the registration is raising money for Infinite Hero Honor Foundation, which provides mental and physical support to veterans. So I really like this event because it, you know, just like the ultra OCR events I've done in the last six years, this is similar, right? It, it It's you conducting an endurance event, but also doing a fundraiser at the same time, right? Because we do all these endurance and racing, and a lot of them are kind of self-focused. I think it's really nice to take one event a year and kind of give back. So I think this is a great way for you know mass participation. You know, also, every event's a little bit different, so there's going to be unique obstacles, unique challenges, unique terrain, uh, unique use of each obstacle. And then on top of that, tons of swag, right? So if you're you're a Tough Mudder swag person, there's you know a challenge coin, there's patch. Uh, both of those, I think, are event-specific. Then there's a new uh, purple bib and new purple headband, new t-shirt for finishers. Bottom line, a lot of great stuff happening over there. I'll drop those article links in the show notes below, so make sure you check those out. And if you can go, that's great. We'll, I'll see you there. I should be at all four events. And if you can't go, you know, give the article a share. Maybe you'll convince someone else to go and kind of help support uh, this charity. Other than that, got some other big events coming up. Conquer the Gauntlet's 10-year anniversary event, Labor Day weekend. It's in, just outside of Tulsa, so make sure you hit that up. And finally, we have the final Battle of the Lions event coming up October 9th in Little Rock. So lots of great stuff going on there. If you haven't seen some of the videos from Battle of the Lions, definitely check those out. We've got a bunch of technique videos on the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team Facebook page. And then if you're not part of the BOTL Facebook group and you're planning on attending or you know this year or next year or whatever definitely join up there's a lot of fun stuff going on in there including some great stories of at the last event which was their endurance one the perpetuum in Oklahoma City the elite men and I think most of the elite women took a we we basically we took the course continuation instead of taking the loop for the bucket carry so we ended up doing instead of like a 200 meter bucket carry we did about, I was told it was about 0.75 miles. So good way to start off a 15-mile race. Uh, but, you know, all the men did it, and basically all the top women did it too. So I don't think it really affected the outcome. And honestly, it really made for a really funny story. But, yeah, that's what's going on recently, so we've been joking about that in the group. And then finally, just got a whole bunch of blood mitts back in stock. So we have all sizes, small, medium, large, extreme, and light. 
Also got Toughest Mudder Midwest at the Chicago event coming up this weekend. So if anyone wants some bleg mitts uh, and is traveling to the event and you're listening to this and it's right before the event, you can check the Facebook group for Toughest Mudder Community or World's Toughest Mudder Community. I got some instructions in there. It allows you to essentially buy them and then I bring them and you pick them up for me in the pit area before your event. So the other good thing back at Tough Mudder, Indiana, the event was enormous. So if you're worried about Tough Mudder, uh, you know, not making it or whatever. Based off that event, I think they're in, they're in good shape. So lots of good stuff coming out of there. You know, there was estimated about like 6,000 people at the event. So just, just a complete massive event. Uh, people were having a great time running around the course Saturday and Sunday. All right, I think that's about it for today. I'm going to turn you over to some audio from my book, Ultra OCR Man from Special Force Soldier to Record Setting Professional Obstacle Course Racer. Hope you enjoy it. If you do, please head over and pick up a copy of it off of Audible and or off Amazon. Essentially the parent company, same same thing. And you can listen to it on your next run. Get yourself motivated. Uh, build up some of that endurance, mental strength, that mindset, and get you ready for whatever you got coming up this season, whether it's Spartan Ultra Beast or Toughest Mudder or World's Toughest Mudder. Or maybe even OCR World Championships, right? Which requires back-to-back racing. And that requires a certain amount of mental strength in itself to be able to push hard, you know, relax for the evening, and then wake up the next morning and be able to kind of redline again for the next event. All right, we're going to take off. Stick with us. Been super busy. Got a lot of great stuff coming in the OCR World. I hope to see some of you at Tough Mudder Infinite Hero Honor Challenge, OCR World Championships, Conquer the Gauntlet, or Battle of the Lions in 2021. All right, we'll catch you later. Introduction. It's 3 p.m. on a Friday near the end of June. Most of my friends are getting ready to leave their office jobs in Long Island, New York, and preparing for a weekend at the beach. Their suits are pressed, and their hair is combed neatly. Mine is not. They are thinking about grabbing a couple of beers and relaxing. I'm thinking about water and putting one foot in front of the other. They smell like aftershave and deodorant. I smell of sweat and ammonia, created by my body catabolizing muscle tissue for fuel. It is June 2016, and I am in the middle of obstacle course race OCR America, a seven-day, seven-venue OCR fundraising event that I created as a challenge to myself, starting in Benson, Vermont, and hitting every available permanent obstacle course between there and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the event would push me to my limits and help define me as an athlete. My muscles are shaky, and my reaction time is definitely slower than normal. I have no food or water on me in an attempt to reduce the amount of weight I am carrying. After all, ounces make pounds, and pounds slow you down. Even tiny amounts of weight, multiplied by the stress of seven marathons, plus 1,000-plus obstacles, and 31,000-plus feet of elevation gain, can have a compounding detrimental effect. For the same reason, and also to keep my body cool, I'm shirtless. My hands have gloves on them, something I rarely do in OCR, but is necessary for this event to protect the open wounds that have developed in the last week. Without them, just touching something like a cargo net makes me flinch in pain. Spandex shorts cover my upper thighs, so when I enter and exit water, my clothes will shed the water weight leaving me light as a feather. My calves are covered in knee-high socks that were white at one point, 
but are now stained a dark shade of brown from countless mud crossings. My shoes are fairly thin, offering minimal support, but weighing very little. All of these micro decisions were calculated in advance in an effort to make seven days of suffering as easy as possible. The course I'm on is a permanent OCR venue, just outside Chicago, Illinois, called Dirt Runner, and the terrain is extremely technical. With the goal of accumulating miles, the complex nature of the ground at Dirt Runner presents little opportunity for running. This has left me feeling a little grumpy. Although maybe it is the 125 miles I have already run this week, or the 900 obstacles I have already climbed, crossed, or crawled through. Come to think of it, maybe it is because I slept in a moving car last night, waking up every hour to readjust my position in an attempt to get comfortable. Maybe it is the fact that this week has been unusually warm, with day after day without cloud cover, and with the blistering sun beating my body down. I try to push the negative thoughts out of my mind for this lap. After all, the body will do what the mind tells it to. And destructive ideas like these are what make people quit when things get rough. Luckily, my best friend, also an OCR fanatic, Demetrios Stai Karelis, has joined me for this lap. He doesn't know it, but his presence is holding me together at this moment. We trudge through knee-deep mud and get to an uphill balance beam. Stai heads up first, carefully stepping with his arms outstretched. I watch and wait for my turn. I begin heading up the beam, something I've already done twice before on the previous laps. My shoes caked in thick mud provide little traction, but I continue forward anyway. Carefully, I move forward step by step until my feet are flung from under me. My slick shoes fly off the obstacle. My legs go up in the air. My hip bone impacts the hard wooden beam and into the ditch I fall. The pain rings through an already achy body, telling me to stop and just call the event over. Are you okay? Stai asks with concern. Ugh. I moan as waves of pain emanate through the lower half of my body, wondering if a balance beam has ended my week-long journey one day early before its actual conclusion. Evan, are you okay? Stai asks again, with greater concern. Chapter 1. Ultra Obstacle Course Racing If you want to run, run a mile. If you want to experience a different life, run a marathon. If you want to talk to God, run an ultra. Dean Carnazes Before we begin with the heart and soul of my story, we should probably back up a little. Obstacle Course Racing, or OCR, is a sport that took the country and world by storm starting around 2011. OCR is an umbrella term that incorporates lots of race brands, the biggest three being Spartan Race, with core series of races ranging from 3 to 26 plus miles, Tough Mudder, with their original 10 to 12 mile event, and Warrior Dash, with their 3.1 mile event. Each of these brands would expand their lineup of events in future years in an effort to get more people active, increase their popularity, and pull in a little bit more profit. Other smaller brands have also had big impacts on the sport, including Savage Race with their variable distance race and challenging obstacles, Conquer the Gauntlet with their four-mile very challenging obstacle race, 
and Rugged Maniac with their 5K events. Other brands have risen and fallen throughout the years, including Superhero Scramble, Atlas Race, and the fan favorite Battlefrog, with their 15K of challenging obstacles and multi-lap options. All of these, plus dozens of smaller events, make up the current state of the sport called OCR. While the exact start date of OCR is up for debate, I view the start of the sport of OCR as the year the first major brands started holding championship events. Other people view the start as Tough Guy, the first modern OCR that took place in England in 1987. Still, others could take it back even further to the military timing soldiers running through various courses to test physical fitness. Regardless, as long as people have been seeing who was faster, there has been a form of OCR. Long before paved roads, rubberized tracks, and groomed trails, man has been seeing who was faster over undulating terrain with natural obstacles in their path. This latest string of companies and championships, after the first decade of the 21st century, is just the modern incarnation. It includes all the typical modern things that make a sport recognizable to the average consumer, including things like major brands, televised events, cash prizes, sponsored athletes, and obsessive fans. Tough Guy started in 1987 in the United Kingdom, flew under the radar for years, providing an event unlike anything else available in the world. That is, until the founders of what would become the two biggest brands in OCR got a hold of the idea. Joe DeSena, future CEO of Spartan Race, started his event in 2010. Around the same time, Will Dean, the future CEO of Tough Mudder, developed his race series, both holding their first events in the northeastern United States. Where Joe and Will got their ideas is sometimes a point of controversy, but the bottom line is these two men are the reason mud runs turned into a sport. These two brands leading the industry, along with the rise of social media, created a new sport almost overnight. Unlike road races that charge you for pictures, these races gave away photographs for free, something that was unheard of at the time. Not only were they free, but they were available for download and could be posted directly to social media websites like Facebook, often within a week of the race. The athletes participating in these events were better advertising than anything the companies could have asked for. Bill, from the office next door, jumping over fire, covered in mud or fighting a gladiator with a pugil stick, sent the message to his colleagues that I am all that is man. Bill had adopted what every red-blooded American male dreamed of, a mild-mannered professional with a good job during the week that paid the bills, and a superhero, over-the-top personality on the weekend. This advertising provided by the consumers, combined with what would later be viewed as dirt-cheap social media advertising, created a snowball effect with OCR athletes flocking in droves to events. The mentality of, if you build it, they will come, was in full effect in 2011 and the next couple of years afterwards. This created a plethora of companies overnight, many who would go bankrupt in the next couple of years due to overspending and a slower return on investment than expected. But the sport would continue on, with the companies with the largest backers or those making smart financial decisions. As participation numbers rose, it attracted all types. 
while most were out there for the fire jump picture and to tell harrowing stories of survival to their co-workers on Monday around the water cooler, serious athletes started arriving. Hobie Call, the godfather of OCR, accepted a challenge from Joe DeSena to try and win every Spartan race in 2011. He came close, but didn't quite make it. However, he would go on to be a staple of elite OCR, and arguably the best U.S. OCR athlete ever. Despite competition getting better every year, Hobie Call would be a mainstay of the industry, winning his third Spartan World Championship title in 2016 at the age of 39. Margaret Schlachter attended the first-ever Spartan race and was hooked. After accepting a sponsorship, she stepped up her training and quit her day job to become the first professional OCR athlete. After an injury in 2013, she became more influential in retirement than she ever was as an athlete, producing more OCR content than anyone else on the planet as the owner of the website Dirt in Your Skirt and the editor-in-chief of Mud Run Guide. With other phenomenal athletes in the sport, the industry thrived on what made it grow, seemingly insane challenges. Tough Mudder took things to a new level in 2011, creating an event unlike anything else on the planet, World's Toughest Mudder, or WTM. WTM was a 24-hour OCR, held in the late fall consisting of a loop with obstacles. Athletes were required to complete the obstacles on the loop or take a penalty, usually consisting of running extra distance before continuing on, for an entire day. The winner was the athlete who completed the most laps the fastest. The rules have evolved over the years, but generally the first lap or hour is run without doing obstacles in order to spread out the field of athletes and prevent lines at obstacles. As of this writing, each lap is now 5 miles with around 20 obstacles that test your upper body, grip strength, balance, and mental fortitude. At the conclusion of each lap, athletes run through or by a pit area where they can receive support from family and friends. While in the pit, athletes can do things like eat, refill water carriers, rest, change clothes, and get more snacks for the next lap. In its inaugural year, the race was held in December at Raceway Park in Englishtown, New Jersey. Athletes arrived woefully unprepared, leaving a horrible finishing rate. Only 10 of the original field of athletes would cross the finishing line after 24 hours, 8 males and 2 females. Unlike a normal OCR, the extreme conditions forced athletes to wear a wetsuit to simply not die of hypothermia. When reaching water obstacles, some athletes had to literally break the ice in order to cross them successfully. The event moved to November the following year and stayed in New Jersey until 2013, before moving to Las Vegas from 2014 to 2017. After Las Vegas, it moved again to Atlanta, Georgia. While OCR has blurry beginnings with multiple dates, multiple venues, and arguably multiple creators, Ultra OCR has one beginning. Ultra OCR started in December 2011 in New Jersey, with a man named Jun Yong Pak dominating the first two world's toughest mutter events. Meanwhile, a woman named Juliana Sproles won the first event, and one of the best female OCR athletes, Amelia Boone, would win the second event in what would turn into a string of wins for the female champion. The prefix ultra is typically applied to sports that already exist, but take the distances to new and often unreasonable levels. 
running has ultra running, which is typically defined as races that exceed a marathon, 26.2 miles. Cycling has ultra cycling, typically defined as races longer than a century, 100 miles, often turning into multi-day events. Triathlon is a little less clear, with some viewing ultra triathlon as iron distance races, 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, 26.2 mile run, and some viewing ultra tri as races longer than the iron distance. There are a couple of double and triple iron triathlons out there, as well as multi-day triathlon called Ultraman. Ultra running events span from the just over the minimum distance, like a 50k run, or 31 miles, to events like Badwater, 135, 135 miles from the base of Death Valley to the top of Mount Whitney in the middle of summer. At the far end of each of these ultra sports, there is no limit except people's imagination and the human body. However, the human body will typically reach whatever people's imagination can dream of with the proper amount of work and willpower. Ultra OCR is like ultra triathlon with no clear definition. I define ultra OCR as an event that is 20 plus miles in length or events where the winner finishes in 5 plus hours or more. This means events like Spartan's Ultra Beast, 26 plus miles, 8 hour or 12 hour toughest mutter events, or the defunct Battlefrog Extreme, 6.5 plus hour events, all fall into the definition of Ultra OCR. This is how I defined Ultra OCR in my book, Mud Run Guides Ultra OCR Bible, a comprehensive training guide to preparing for the toughest obstacle course races in the world. Currently, most events are either an 8, 12, or 24-hour format, mimicking the leader in the ultra-OCR industry, Tough Mudder, but those are not hard numbers. Due to terrain and obstacles, the finishing time for an OCR compared to a road race of comparable distance is often tremendously different. The level of effort and time spent on course has led me to adjust the definition of ultra-OCR, instead of just taking the ultra-running definition of over 26.2 miles in length. Furthermore, even different ultra-OCR events can have wildly different finishing distances. Sometimes the winner of a 24-hour OCR will get 100 miles, and other times 55 miles. It is dependent on many variables, including, but not limited to, weather, terrain, obstacle density, and obstacle difficulty. As someone who was naturally unathletic growing up, but always did well at school, I relied on my intelligence as my strong point. The ability to concentrate, focus, and analyze situations has proven to be my strength once I got involved in ultra-OCR. This, combined with a strong work ethic and the willingness to hurt, has given me a unique level of success in this sport. This propensity for suffering and desire to find limits stems from years of service in the military. Before we get to seven-day ultra-OCR events, top ten finishes in the world, and a host of other bad ideas I've come up with, we should probably start from the beginning. This way, you can understand how I developed the most important aspect you can have for ultra-OCR, mental strength. Almost forgot. I've been saying I'm going to read the names of the people who donated for OCR Mill 21,000 feet in virtual race for months now, and I keep forgetting I'm finally going to do it. So here are the people that donated. Again, if you're not tracking what this was, I did a six-hour 
OCR mill. So essentially run a mile on a treadmill, do four obstacles with a hypoxic generator attached to my face that simulated being at 21,000 feet of altitude. So made it very hard to breathe. And uh, yeah, specific challenge. And then on top of that, if you wanted to do something similar, at the same time, people were allowed to sign up and do a virtual version of it, obviously not at altitude. And uh, again, donated all the money to charity Fold of Honor. So here's who donated. We got Melina Peel, Ian Pereira, David Estrock, Daniel Leonard, Jacob Stone, William Shell, Will Hicks, uh, Michelle Littlejohn Laqueta, Heather Knowles Camerata, Brenna Calvert, Mark S. Trimmer, Seglin Linda Leonard, Kelly Williams, Jeremy Zakula, Colt Kieran, Cutler Holland, Ashley Jean Shamples, AC Hale, Jenny Overstreet, Miranda Lynn Huber, Brian Fisher, Rick Morando Jr., Lisa Nondorf, Kenny Underwood, Daniel Leonard again, Terry Paparis, Fred Clark Louis, Jake Deal, David Mainprize, Mary J. Coaster, Coaster, Mike Stefano, Dave Claxton, Misty Williams, Scott Wurzecki, Josh Andrews, Dominic Crigliano, Randy Lackey, Callie Paparis, Irene Babler, John Taylor, Vincent Aragona, Debbie Harp, Ben Mara, Highlander Chris, Jay Flores, A Little Grace, Calvin Tran, Nicole Fleming, Jamie Simmons, Trina Fox, Joyce Karopos Kastrinakas, Ian Pereira again, AC Hale again with a monster donation on that second one, uh, Josh Runquist, Liz Dritzis, Jeremy Zakula, Kristen Miller, Charlotte Engelman, Kristen Anderson Stewart, Aaron Parker, and Rodney Brown with another big donation there. So again, really appreciate everyone that donated. We were able to raise $5,000, which was the goal for that event. That brings our uh, lifetime total for Strength and Speed Ultra OCR fundraisers to over $26,000. And I actually opened up a second fundraiser specifically for uh, the release of the Ultra OCR Man documentary, which is always a slow work in progress, Uh, but that's currently open. And I uh, already had some donations for that. Ashley Samples, uh, Daniel Leonard, Michael Bufton, Callie Preparis, Marie Opitz, David Estrock, Will Hicks, Gilbert Chediak. So if anyone wants to donate and missed your chance to donate for OCR Mill, that's currently open again. That's through the Facebook fundraiser, and all the money goes directly to the charity Folds of Honor. All right, thanks again. Head over, check out the show notes below. Lots of good links in there with information on some of the stuff I talked about and obviously a link for picking up a copy of Ultra OCR Man. Lastly, one quick correction. On the last podcast, me and uh, Kate Bikowitz said that uh, the guy who won Rugged Manic OKC had won every year. In fact, we were wrong. I guess that guy came in fourth. Uh, the guy who we were talking about, Scott Lurg, he came in first this year, but he's been on the podium every year, so we, we had thought he won. But he's a great athlete, super fast. And uh, we just saw him this weekend at Battle of the Lions, along with the other podium finisher from Rugged Maniac, Dylan Moran. Uh, they were both at Battle of the Lions Perpetuum in Oklahoma City. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to both of them. And Scott, who's doing great things, running sometimes age group, you know, been on the podium at age group and sometimes elite, but is also in med school. So kind of doubling down on his duties there, working hard during the day and uh, racing hard on the weekends. So good to see him out there. All right, I'm actually going to get going now. We'll see all of you at some races in 2021.